Welcome to the Next Generation Podcast. Your hosts are Wazza and Dan. Oh, well, no Dan again. He's enjoying fatherhood duties with the birth of his new baby boy. But joining us again from last week is Wayne Hardman, the ex-Perth Demon, Mount Lawley champion, Eagles diehard like myself. How are you going there, Wayne? Going well, was it? After a great weekend of footy. Bloody yeah. great win, a loud win. That was just unbelievable there, just being there for the... Uh, the acoustics that keep the sound in, it was just massive. Yeah, that last quarter, I don't think, I've never heard anything like that, that it, noise in that last quarter. And it's funny because a lot of players from Collingwood have said they've never heard a crowd like that and they play in front of 90,000 people every now and then. Yeah. Um, some of the media that come over, they're just gone, they're just raving about the place. So it's a good place to go to, guys. If you haven't been there, go there because uh, it's going to get louder in the prelim. I um, just want a big shout out to some listeners in San Jose in USA. There's some expats over there that play footy over there. So they tune in every week. So if you're listening, boys, um, hopefully you enjoy the show. Uh, we just basically talk. I've got the run sheet here and it's got the noises massive, which we've just talked about. But um, before we get into footy, just want to say that myself and Gabby did the commentary at the Fremantle uh, Community Cup last Saturday before the game. And... The Bangrovers took out the win by a point over the Newsounds. It was an enjoyable experience, I must say. It was good fun, and it was a bit wet, a bit cold, but we had fun, and then we jumped on the train and straight up to Optus, so it was a good day in the end. So, yeah, and I'll the, probably do uh, it again. Mate, the, uh, you must have been cutting it fine getting into that game. Yeah, so we ran to their train, jumped onto a bus by, in, well... Instead of getting on the train, we got onto a bus and the bus got to there within 40 minutes, so it was pretty good. So, um, got down, sat down, enjoyed myself at the footy. So, yeah, it was bloody good. But let's get talking about the footy. Oh, wait, before we go on the footy, Eagles fans, we're into a prelim. So, today there was a ballot. Um, I got my ballot, ticket into the ballot. So, only 16,000, I think, per club can go to the grand final of the competing teams. That's, that's a joke. It is, yeah. It's, I mean, the grand final is uh, made out as a corporate. Yeah, it's a corporate. corporate, it's corporate, corporate. It should be that should be the day for the for the. Should be just the clubs open it up it. to the fans, <laughs> and um, you know, if they want to go into the corporate areas, put the prices up. Exactly. I think they'd pay it. Um, and some of the uh, what do you call it packages there? Just I look at the prices and go, unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it's a disgrace that they they're only allowing that. And I mean, you look at the two. Possibly three of the clubs who are the three biggest support based clubs in the in the country yeah. in the Tigers, the Pies, and us uh, could have what seventy thousand plus members. Yeah, that you can only get sixteen thousand. Yeah, it's a joke. That, it's a joke. It is a real fair thing. I was lucky enough to go a couple of years ago, and uh, it's well worth the experience. But getting that ticket's hard work. Yeah. I got mine the day before, so, uh, knowing somebody at AFL House, so I was lucky. So. Um, Anyway, if you're trying to get there and you have gone into the ballot but you haven't got a plane ticket, go to Eagle Air on Facebook. So if you type in Eagle Air-AFL Grand Final Flights, they actually have a chartered plane. Um, I haven't got the prices on me, but I think it's thirteen ninety now because if you jump on there and if you want to book your seat, you can and you get a $200 deposit. Um, if they don't get in the grand final, I think you get it back. I, I can't be too sure on that. 
just remember because I haven't got it written in front of me. But go to that page, have a look, put your interest down there. The guy, the guys there, Brent, will help you out. He'll email you all the information, and I reckon if if you can't get a ticket, that's what you should be doing. Or there's a couple of bus ones. Mm. The bus ones are a lot cheaper, but you have to leave a lot earlier. That plane one leaves on the Friday, comes back Sunday. But I'll mention that again before where the show's finished. So closer to home, Eric McKenzie, yesterday retired, champion player, champion bloke, mate. Yeah, one of my fine all-time favourite players. And uh, like we, how can you forget that Port Adelaide game where he saved that uh, point? That would have uh, didn't wouldn't send us into overtime. Yeah, that is unbelievable. When you sit back and look at that in isolation, just at the time to think they had the knowledge to do that. You know what I mean? Yeah. When he, a lot of other players would have just gone through for a point. So. And he had a great game that game too. He, he held Dixon. I think he only held Dixon to one goal. And look, he's obviously been playing a bit of pain because he said his toe. Talk, listening to him talk today, he's had a bad toe for. 12 months and then his other toe went so he's been in a great deal of pain for the last two years now. Yeah, it's uh, ever since he won the 2014 John Westfold medal um, it's gone to the Scheisenhausen but um, he could have been Australian, All-Australian twice and he's played 147 games for the Eagles three short of life memberships so let's hope he gets it. Oh, I think the club would look at that and say well I think he's he's done his job and he should get that life membership. I mean, he should have been All-Australian twice. Yeah. And he missed a year with an e-reconstruction as well. Yeah, it's unbelievable. Um, prelim scheduling, a lot of it's been, I don't know if you listen to a lot of podcasts, mm -hmm. but yeah. um, on the Victorian podcasts, um, SENs and uh, The Age and all that, they're just not happy, these guys. No. Eddie's not happy. He didn't, you know, because Collingwood's involved, mm. you know, something that's been happening. I can understand where he's coming from and I agree with him, mm. but it's been happening for three, four years. So yeah. um, maybe you should have talked about it before the start of the the, yeah. the finals, for one, because um, you knew what was going to happen then. If you couldn't work it out back then, you weren't doing your job. And now you've got Tim Watson saying it's going to be too hot for the prelim in Perth at 120. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. Well, it's been cold here for three months and it's still cold at the moment. Well, they did yeah. the, they're did. they so worried about it. They did a, a fortnight pot, um, forecast and they said there, it's going to be about 24 to 27, hmm. a fine day and it's heat, humidity's going to be high. If, if you can't play in those conditions, don't play football. No. Look, we haven't and, been playing in those conditions. We've been yeah. playing in cold conditions for the last three and, months and I don't think the players would give a shit if it was cold hail mm. heat whatever it's just the people yeah. in the media uh, presidents football clubs I just don't know just, and maybe it's to keep the club in the in the news who knows but I just find it I find it a joke um, staggering little stat we always put a little stat into all our little shows it's Eagles are into the 50th final in their 32 year history and you compare to that to the doggies 49 and 94 years. I oh, know, it's incredible, isn't it? It's, uh, it's, we've got a great success rate since Malthouse days. That, um, yep. you know, we've really, they pride themselves. And I heard Simo in, in a interview on Fox uh, two nights ago saying the board's always telling him the, the pressure's on, you know, our job is to stay and play in final, so. <laughs> well, I think, I, I, I'm probably not right with this stat, but in the 32 years, I think we've missed finals seven, maybe eight times. I think that's about correct. So yeah. that's a pretty good uh, uh, hit and miss uh, record, I think. And the only other team that probably comes close to it in recent times is Sydney. 
Yes, that would be correct. Because I think yeah. they've only missed three in about 18 years. That would so. be correct, yeah, since um, Ruzi and Longmire and yeah. Rodney Eade. Yeah. But um, they went out in straight sets as it went up. We'll talk about that a bit about yeah. later. Um, today, the head honcho is met at AFL House to talk about the rule changes. Um, some of the rule changes where runners would only be able to deliver messages after the goals. That's been a recommendation put forward. Um, the goal square or the defensive square, what do you want to call it? I find that a joke. Bunger is going to kick barrels from that defensive square to the forward 50. Yeah, look, I can see recruiting change now from the athletes to the long kickers. Back to like the kickers. A, and we're going to go back to the days of the NFL football where you hire a kicker to kick the ball out. It's just, oh, oh, I, I wonder if these guys actually think about the permutations hmm. of what happens when you change that to another 10 metres. That... You know, they're trying to get away from congestion. This is going to put congestion somewhere else. It's going to just put it up the other end of the ground. I mean, I, uh, look, I've got on this because being a former fullback myself, um, I used to love just kicking out of the out of the square. Yeah. But to me, this is a joke. Yeah, it's an absolute joke. I mean, unless the, I'd like to think just going to do it in the preseason, not going to actually do it in the home and away games. Yeah. But to do that, and look, the possibility of six 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 starting positions that's going back to the days where we used to play. Well, that's it. That's going back to yeah. footy as we know it growing up, and I can see that being a good thing. And a few teams are doing it now. Yeah. Like Melbourne do it. Yes. Melbourne don't do the one behind now. The last four or five weeks, they've just gone six six six, yeah. and it's worked good for them. Um, Eagles did it a bit with Collingwood as well. So, and one that they talked about today was the mid-season player exchange next year. It's probably that's probably the one that definitely is going to happen, hmm. but they're yet to decide if it's going to be a draft or a trade or both. Right. Yeah. You know, look, I'd sooner see this on a, for, especially like, look, we lost Nick Nack obviously during the year yeah. and players lose you know new reconstructions. I'd sooner see it like a rookie type draft really. And I I reckon I can see it working if they can. It'd be a draft, but you only can go from state leagues. I would think so. That's what I mean. I, I yeah. think you're looking more rookie type players. Yeah. I, I just couldn't see it like us swapping um, Andrew Gaff for Clayton Oliver. So it, it happened in the mid 90s. They tried it a bit and it only lasted a couple of years, but I didn't mind it back then. All right, well, let's get and talk on it about the footy. It's the final siren. All right, we had the Tigers and the Hawks. Way back on Thursday night, it sounds like it was a long, long time ago. It probably was. Uh, Tigers won 13-17-95 to nine goals, 10-64. Yeah, it was a pretty good game up to half-time, I think. It was Hawks, an even first half. Yeah, Hawks let themselves down. I mean, how you would never expect Bruce and Burgoyne to miss goals like that in front. I mean, that would have put scoreboard pressure on it up to half-time. That would have taken him in a... Probably yeah. pretty well level level pegging. That I, might have made a little bit different. But, I think the uh, Tigers they turned up that boiling point, the pressure, and yeah, they burnt the the Hawks in the third quarter. What I could see from my way of looking at the game, Hawks could not play the game at all in the second half on their terms. They no. like keeping the ball off people and yes, you know, uncontested, yeah. and they just could not do it. No, and look, they the go sideways either. No, the, look, the Hawks don't play like that. They play down the ground, whereas the mm. uh, Tigers play a player behind the play. They go mm. backwards, go forwards, and also I think the Hawks' young players were pretty overwhelmed. Um, yeah, was... compared to Richmond's guys, like Higgins was dynamic, oh. and a couple of the other guys. And look, Dylan Grimes is the most underrated player in the competition, I reckon. From what I've heard, because we know I know someone that works at um, 
uh, not works, plays for Richmond. Yeah, they're just that unity between them. They all like having fun. They enjoy each other, yeah. and it's really good. And Jack Higgins is one of those uh, type of players. He's a bit of a larrikin, but it's infectious and yeah. brings them a bit, bit together. And, and you've had a look at him. Rioli played really good. There was oh, their smaller players. Outstanding game. A lot of their goals weren't pretty, but they got the job done. They kept it going forward, and that's mm -hmm. what you got to do. Um, I don't think it was a surprise that the Tigers won, but they're the team to beat. They're the hunted, so they can be beaten, and I'm hoping the Seagulls will do it. Yeah, well, I think the thing with the Tigers, too, look, they've had a obviously a, 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 a break after the last game to, mm. and to get this and a bye. And now they're going to have another buy, uh, a bit more like us too. You'd think they're going to have a fairly heavy workload in the next two days yeah. and then to prepare themselves for next week because then obviously they've got another eight-day break before the grand final. <laughs> and so Eddie, Eddie, and Eddie doesn't like no. it because Collingwood only get a six-day. you got to win the game this week, mm. Eddie, before you can get that. It's interesting. Nathan Buckley's not quite, he's not worried about it. No. So. <laughs> uh, the next game was uh, the Demons against the Cats. Now that was 10-15-75 to the Cats 6-10, 29-point win. Now that first quarter is probably the best quarter of football I've seen a team play this year. Yeah. That was just... That was just like, uh, it's hard to describe it, but ferocious. Yeah. It was unbelievable. Jack Viney, seven tackles yeah, seven, in the first yeah, quarter. Yeah, he was outstanding and, in the middle of the ground there. And so, and when you see a guy like Joel Salward, and everyone knows how good he is on the inside, to get tackled and manhandled like he did, and to get um, his mind taken off the ball, and, you know, retaliate and all that. It just showed you how hard um, Melbourne went. Oh, yeah, their, their middle there. I think the, the good thing about their, well, not for us, but for anyone, their, their middle of the ground is young, fit, yeah. strong and tough. And Viney in there has made a massive difference. Look, he might get the second game blues this week because everyone's good on their first game back after multiple months out. The second game's always a tough one. But I think the other thing too with the Cats, they've invested too much in the, into their centre line and yeah. they had nothing up forward other than Hawkins after that. And, and they, lost. they've tried to get players from other teams to keep them in the now yeah. instead of investing in the draft. And... I heard one comment on a radio program, I can't remember which one it was, said the last person they got of quality in the draft was Joel Selwood. Yes. And that's a long time ago. That was 2007. Yeah. So that's 10 years of trying to get players that are on the go, ready to come in. And, yeah. and they're going to do it again this year because they're bringing in Dale House and it looks like they're going to bring in Gary Rowan. Yes. So there's two. So... You know, maybe they need to turn around. You, you got to have your mix of older players and younger players, but they had three players under twenty-three. Yes, and you and you look at the Richmond, the Richmonds, the Eagles, and the uh, and the D's, and even the Giants. They've got young players in there, and they've got three to four players who've kicked thirty plus goals each in the season, and they've also obviously yeah. got a, a multiple player there that's kicked up to that 50, 60 mark. I'm going to talk about some of the players in Melbourne, but I'll do that. In later on in the show when we quickly preview this week's game because I think some of the guys that stood up this week need to stand up again this week and I don't know if they can. Yeah. Um, we'll quickly talk about the Giants versus the Swans and this is a shock for me because I just I tipped Swans. I thought the Swans were going to win. I thought they had the goods to it, but they got smashed. And I didn't see. I only saw the uh, replay the day later and they just got absolutely smashed. Yeah. They had two goals up into the last quarter. Yeah, mate, I, I tip the Giants to win this game because I think Buddy is very susceptible at the SCG uh, against good teams because 
He, I mean, um, his opponent on the weekend absolutely smashed him. He um, should have been all Australian. <laughs> Unbelievable that yeah. guy was not picked. Oh, I had him in my team, and he's a when the he, Giants play the Eagles. He he plays a loose. He plays a different role altogether. He plays a loose man, and he just canes us. Yeah. And in that uh, final last year, he was the reason we. Yeah, Davis. Look, he was brilliant on the weekend. Yeah. He just outpointed. And look, Giants. Toby Green makes a big difference to him. He's a gun player. Well, what do you think about his kicking? Oh, that's got to change. That has yeah. to be. And I think it's already been told that's got to be cut. It was interesting. I watched the game at the Canfield, waiting to get at the Eagles, and um, Cameron tried to have a word to him, and he actually um, told him to bugger off. I'll talk to you at the end of the game. So he's got a bit of influence, but he makes a massive difference that oh. team. But, you know, and they did that well. They lost Kelly early in the game and they still won by a good 50 points. Yeah. So it was a, they're going to be hard to beat. They're yeah, going to be hard to beat. Um, and Toby Green here, he's, you'd like a player like him on every list, I reckon. Oh, he's a gun. He's yeah. an absolute gun. He's a shithead, but he's a gun. I wish I... Uh, he play, There was a play, oh, there was plenty of players like that when I was growing up, but he, if he was back when I was uh, playing, he would have been one of my favourites. Oh, think. God, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's unreal. Um, all right, let's get to the main game, West Coast versus Collingwood. Um, West Coast got the chocolates in the end, 12 goals 14 to 10 goals 10, 16-point win, and it was a very, very heart-stopping game for me. Five minutes to go, five minutes, 46 seconds, and we're still behind. Yeah, it was in... And we kicked... Those, all those goals interesting game because look we won the first quarter and we won the last quarter yeah. and look and I think I sent you a message three quarter time I thought geez we're not looking too crash hot here yeah. it could be you mentioned we need to get that first goal but we were we were outsmarted in that second and third quarter but I think the thing there is though the Collingwood didn't blow us away our defence was brilliant yeah we were always in the game yeah. that's what you know, you'd be at the ground, you sit there and go, we're always in the game, and we have been all year. Yeah. We've never been sort of like blown out, you know, really, except for that North Melbourne game, which I didn't see. But, yeah, we we're always in the game. Quickly, it's going to go the goal scorers. Ryan, two. Darling, two. Kennedy, two. Barty Shepherd, Cripps, Real and Redden, one. And for Collingwood, Adams, Degoe and Majacek, two. And the singles were Stevenson, Thomas, Varco, Main. Um... The best players in the TNG, we um, had Yo, he got three votes. We couldn't split Jetta and Redden and McGovern. Now, Mc, you know, yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll talk about some of the players. Oh, actually, we'll go, yeah, we'll go into the, we'll talk about the players. We won't go in the medical room because we're not playing this week. But Brad Shepard, we just got a touch and Shep. It's tragic. How unlucky is that? Oh, that's tragic. That yeah. was right in front of me. Yeah. Yes, same and, yeah. It was a massive loss. And I just went, nah, he's gone. He's, mm. and... They had the GPS on him at the heat thing. 34 kilometres an hour he was yes, running. Yes, yeah. It was incredible. And then it was high up. And as soon as he reached up high up and you saw his face, you knew he was gone. Yeah, yeah. And um, it's, a, it's a shame. Um, you know, the guy, he's the most underrated backman in the comp. And he just, every week, he just does his job. And he's a big loss for us, but I think we can cover him. Yeah. He's played 100 consecutive games. Yeah, it's it was first time, three, wasn't it? First time his career has ever done a hamstring. Yeah. So um, and yeah. it had to happen then, and yeah. you know, but he's in good spirits. He's taken it on the chin. Um, you know, Nick Nat, him, Gaffy, and we're in a prelim, and we could still win a grand final. Yeah. And if we do, yeah, he's had surgery today, so and he looks in good spirits, and um, yeah, obviously an eight to twelve week um, recovery, 
but he'll be ready to go next year. Yeah, I've never done a hammy until I went to play Masters, and uh, when I did it, I went, oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> I, hate, I hate the Masters. I've done carbs, but hammies are worse. Well, let's talk about some players. Liam Ryan, first quarter he was on song, went missing for second and third, but his last quarter... He's become one of his last quarter impact players. He was into everything. Yeah, and his, he defensive, his defensive pressure was excellent. He's so fast. Hmm. I remember he was running, and I think it was Taylor Adams that was running after him, and he actually stopped and rolled his eyes back and yeah. went like, what the? Yeah. And he was like, where, where did he come from? It was interesting. His first shot at goal was a real nervy one, and I think it went out yeah. of the full or it was pretty. Then his next shot, he was 52 out, and he's blobbed it. Yeah. It's gone over the I, point post high. I, I've noticed that him at Waffle, the closer he is to goals, he's worse at kicking. Mm. A lot of players are like that. And, um, yeah, every time he gets one close, I go, no, he's going to miss it. Everyone's going, no, he won't. Okay, he's going to miss it, and he does. And he's done that quite a bit this year, unless he's in the goal square. Um, Elliot Yo, oh well, how, how, where can we go? Thirty-six outstanding display. Display. Twenty-four contested possessions, nine tackles, nine inside fifty, six marks, five clearance, clearances. He's a barometer of the team, and yeah, once again, he's another guy that I, I guess we're biased, but he should have been in an all Australian. School. In, in the All-Australian team. He should, even if he was on the bench. Yeah. I mean, no disrespect to the guy from the Tigers. That Edwards. Got in. Well, yeah. I would have had him over Edwards. Yeah, so. no disrespect because he's had a good year. But, you know, Elliot's had a... He's, he's outstanding. And he's and outstanding on the he weekend. he got the top, top vote from all the coaches. That's so right. So he's leading... The, I think it's called the Gary Ayres Gary medal. medal. So. Yep. He's an equal leader. I can't remember who the other one was. Got 10 votes. But, yeah, he's... I mean, he's... Especially that last quarter. And I believe at three-quarter time, the, the mids got an absolute rocket from Mitchell. Mm-hmm. Um, not pulling their weight, which they weren't in the second and third quarters. We were, we were out. We were out. Inter- in that middle there. It's interesting with Yoey. In the first two quarters, he had 250 metres gained. And in the third quarter, Collingwood did their work on him. He got 10 possessions, I think, or nine possessions in that third quarter, but he only gained 10 metres. Mm. So they, he still got the ball, but he wasn't doing the impact they had in the first no, two they put him quarters. under a lot of pressure. In and it. in the last quarter, mm. the, the leash was off. Um, I was going to say this later on. I think Collingwood ran out of legs. I agree. I Without think the doubt. heat got to him. they a bit of cramp. Um, and that helped us out. And well, that just happens. That just the fitness of teams. Um, but again, I'll say, mate, those second and third quarters, they put everything into it. Yeah, they it. put a lot into it. So I mean, they would have spent a lot of fuel tickets. So they, they could have been six, seven goals in front. And they would have had the game yeah. won. But... I think they just did, they didn't capitalise on that, and I think no. it was credit to Barras, McGovern, well, uh, every Jetta week, on the in the in that back line. It was outstanding. Every week we say it, our back line, our back six is what wins us the games, and it yes. is uh, McGovern. And let's talk about the backman. Seven marks in the first quarter. Yeah, he was brilliant. And then the, they put Chris Main onto him as a stopper. But I, I think Gov did a lot of good work after that too. Everyone's saying, oh, it stopped him. I think it did because he, he, he went back to the spoiling game. He went back. Did a great job he, in, in the, spoiling. I think Chris Main, I was going to talk about Chris Main later on, but I'll talk about him now. He went on and he did a good job on McGovern in the way he took McGovern from popping out and helping out other people. Mm. He sort of took him away a little bit. But Again, Collingwood and probably Maine, he's probably found it in the last quarter. McGovern just was running everywhere there yeah. and 
chopping in in front and helping brass over Cox and stuff like that. So, but, but also in the second and third quarter, I watched the replay after, and he, McGovern's work on the ground. He was doing oh. like the knickknack, like the, he's, yeah. he was holding that play up. Yeah. So he, he mightn't have been getting the big marks, and but he was doing the great sport. But he was doing a lot of con, contested work on the ground. Oh yeah, for sure. And that's why we're paying him the big bucks, isn't it, Gov? That's. <laughs> Um, Jack Redden now, Jesus Christ, no Prittis. No, he's there's Jack, no Jack's really. There's no problem. I mean, <laughs> I, I mean, Steve Parker always said, you know, he was recruited to the club as a, a as a midfielder. Yeah. And of course, we had Mitchell and we had. Um, yeah, he was playing Pritter. second fiddle. He was in the shadows. Yeah, of he was playing flank. He was playing back. He was going back to the other. Now he's playing his true spot. It's outstanding. He's well, just brilliant. He, he, I reckon, in the Eagles, Ferris and Bess, I think he'll get runner up. He'll go very close. He'll be up in that top five yep. without a shadow of a doubt. You know? um, I think, Simo, I think it was round 16, and he said if you went back from round 16 from the previous year to round 16 this year, Redden was their best player of the lot. Hmm. He had uh, 32 disposals, 12 marks, 7 clearances, 6 inside, 50s and a goal. And four clearances were accompanied by eight score involvements. Now... That's unbelievable. And to go with it, you got a nice slap from Mitchell at pre-quarter time. Yeah, as I was saying earlier, he was, he was quite happy about it, I believe, too. So listen to him after the game. I think, too, he's happy. And I see he's got a young child now and he's pretty yeah. settled in life. And he loves life over and he's loving the team. So it, it, it helps. You're playing good footy and now he's a, he's a central part of that team now. Jetta, he's oh. a much maligned player, but... Yeah. When he scored that goal at the end, I've never heard a crowd that loud. And I've been to some grand finals. I've never heard a crowd that loud. No. That look, was... I think too with Jet... Mind-blowing. And I've been an open person who's criticising yeah. with his lack of intensity. But yeah, we've spoken about it before. And I only saw one incidence on the weekend where he didn't put his head over the ball and it was down our end where we were sitting. It was a little bit of a toe-poked. That where he toe-poked it? Yeah, toe-poked it. Yeah. But that was... You know, but his... And his direction on the ground, he was directing the guys in defence. Oh, he, he does that a lot. He was spoiling the ball. He was getting into contested marks. He was, he, he was just brilliant. You see, know. A, a lot of you say the directions, and this is where a lot of people that they see on TV, they don't see that. No, they don't see their pointing and yeah. their marshalling or directing or whatever you want to call it. And he does it, and he does it every game. His kick in his second and none is sublime every time, and I rate him one of the best kicks in the comp. Yeah, without a doubt. Yeah, he was a great leader on the weekend. All right, we'll quickly go on about some of the uh, Collingwood players. Mason Cox, he come in. He was going to be the big plus for them because he didn't play against us last mm. time, but he was nowhere. He, was, mm. he wasn't even a non-factor. No. Tommy Barras, Tommy I did. gave mm. best on ground. If it was me doing votes, I gave him best on ground because what he did was unbelievable. Cox had five disposals and two marks for the game. And yeah. the only good thing he did was go on the mark. Well, and, going for goals. You know what? He's never, he's never played under this pressure. No. This is finals pressure now. This is not home and away where we can get away with a few things. This is six foot pressure. eleven. Yeah, and he was. Yeah, look, Tom Brass did an outstanding job, and when and Gum our, was on him, having Brass six foot four, six yes, foot five. It's, it's unbelievable. Yeah, great. He had a great game, and uh, yeah, so he's still got a way to go. But you know, he's got this week to prove if he's going to make any medal or not. Yeah, it's going to be interesting how they uh, how they play him, Collingwood. Still side bottom. He was probably the difference in the second and third quarter. Last time we played him, hardly saw him because of Mark Hutchings. Now they were both playing on each other, but he wasn't tagging him this time, Hutchings. I, I didn't think. I thought I they thought, ran off a bit. Yeah, I thought Hutchings went to um, Pendlebury at the start. He did. He did at the start in the and... second quarter. He went to side bottom, but he wasn't really playing like 
I've, I've watched both games and when we played him at MCG, he was like a hard tag. Mm. He was in his back pocket. This one, he gave him a lot more space and he probably got burned a bit. Yeah, I would agree. I, I mean, I thought he was he was next best on ground behind Yo, I thought. Yeah. Side bottom, he was had a brilliant game. He's just... He's just silky, silky smooth. And the only blemish you had was that one in front of you and me and that in. And I think that was a bit of karma because they gave um, uh, Cripper the yeah. out-of-bounds deliberate yep. and yet he went to handball and miscued it. Went yeah, the post. went off to the... So I think it was a bit <laughs> of karma. That's the one where I went off. I got out of my seat and went down to the bench, <laughs> uh, down to the yeah. fence and was going nuts. But suicide bottom is sort of like, um, yo, is to us, he's a bit of a barometer. When yeah. he's hot, he's hot. So, yeah. And Brody Grundy now... It's different because you hear social media things on different players. Now, I thought Brady Grundy was a better upman on the ground, and he always is, mm. and that's probably why he's in the All-Australian team. But when you have a look at the last quarter, and Liza gets a lot of flack, and Vardy did play good mm. too. I'm not saying Vardy didn't play good, but Liza in the last quarter, especially at bounce downs, I don't know. He just got the leg up on uh, Grundy. He did one. He did one great, which we got a good clearance out of. That was the um, one to Shuey. Uh, yeah, I think it was. He go the bat. Uh, I wasn't impressed with Scotty on the weekend. I think he was really disappointing. It's amazing um, because the East Coast, everywhere on the East Coast this week on all the podcasts, they rated him in the top five Eagles for the game. Oh, gee, I, I thought Vardy's Vardy's game in the rack. I thought Vardy was good too. I thought was, Vardy was a bit better. His clearance work was was brilliant and yeah. oh, Scotty I don't know he was off he went off he looked tired after 10 minutes he wasn't he wasn't even running with Grundy he looked buggered he came off and I don't know whether he was overwhelmed or whether he's I think his other prices things. have dropped anyway I know yeah. that but they're just amazing that in the last quarter Eagles did get on top in the ruck and that's probably what won us the game yeah. and maybe that just comes down to the fitness of Collingwood again and uh, them running out of legs so. yeah. yeah and the all round you know work of um, Mitchell in the middle Really, he blew into the ruckman as well. <laughs> you know, get, get off the ground and do something. No, that's good. All right, let's quickly go on and talk about the little one player that played at East Perth. The revolving door. All the stats that matter at the Royals. Well, East Perth did play and there was an eagle playing, but it was in the uh, reserves and that was Kellen England and they got up and won. It was a weird game. Well, first, Kellen England had 12 disposals, six marks and two tackles. Subiaco kicked the first seven goals. Then they were out to a 49-point lead, but East Bay have come back and won. Right. They got the last six goals. Right, yeah, it sounded like the league game. It was an unbelievable... Yeah. I, was, I was sitting there when I was looking basically on the app and I was going, oh, this isn't going to be a pretty game. Yeah. And the next time I looked at it, I went, you got to be kidding me. So, Kellen England gets another game next week. So, unfortunately, I don't think he'll be pushing to get into the Eagles side. But because Shep got injured and can't play in the prelim, and we all know he's out for 8 to 12 weeks now, who do we bring in? Is it Scoey, Nelson, or Oscar Allen? Yeah, I mean, Francis Watch's name's been put up. Oh, in yeah, there. That, Simo, that was put up today. And Simo has said today in the, in the press that He's not afraid to play a debutant in next next week's final. So I just find that very surprising. Yeah, same and, here. And don't get me wrong, because everyone that's on the Next Generation discussion page knows how much I like Frankie Watson. <laughs> um, but And they know how much I like Schofield as well. Yeah. So I'm both in both corners. I'm a bit torn. 
I could not see us playing a debutant. No, I, I, I agree. I, look, I, I think it's either Scoey or Oscar Allen, to be honest. I'd love to mm. see. So I reckon it's Skyfield or Nelson. I don't mm. think Oscar Allen is. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if Ozzy's heard a little whisper in the, in the last few days that he could be in the mix because he can also go forward. Yeah. Uh, and it's going to be depending who we play to. Yeah, and uh, that's, that's precisely who we play. Yeah. You know, everyone, I think, we're going to say we're playing Melbourne. But if it was me as a coach, just because it's prelim, I could not... I'd have to go with Schofield. I would think so. The, the, Tried and proven. And on the look, you know, you 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 know my thoughts on Scoey. I yeah. loved him, but he, I think he's past his day. But he, I must say, he's done well when the time uh, uh, when those injuries were on with Barras and that he came in yeah. and filled in really well. Um, I think he's the guy. I think they're going to go with experience, and I, I they only go with him or Nelson because they had a, and Nelson adds a bit of hardness to the game too. Yeah, he's got a bit of mongrel in him, but oh, so yeah. Schofield. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Schofield, yeah, no, he's an angry ant. Yeah, so. he can. That'll free. That could free uh, Jetta up a bit more on off that back line too. And I, I did put it on the next generation uh, discussion page um, to vote on who people vote, and it was ninety five percent Schofield. Yeah. Um, and a lot of people left comments and I screenshotted them, so I'm going to use that against them. Yeah. And who I'm talking about, if you're listening. <laughs> and you would look, you'd think too, he was the first one out of the, he was the last one out of the team yeah. when uh, Simo said during the week, you know, it was a pretty hard discussion. Pretty hard decision, so it's going to be so hard to put him back it's in. It's going to be, I, I, I couldn't see how other guys are going to fit yeah. in ahead of him, to be honest. Maybe he's just playing a few little mind games. Yeah, it could be. Yeah. But hey, if you want to play Watson Simo, be my guest, mate. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'll sit there and I'll pay for tickets to see that yeah. because I hope that guy gets a chance. Uh, there was rumours that he was on the fringe, a bit of discipline problem and all that, but I'm hoping they keep him on the list. But we'll talk about the list in another podcast later on when all the footy's over. All right, let's get to this week's games, which the Eagles aren't playing. It's bounce down. All right, this week we got the do or die uh, games, if you as you want to call it, Melbourne versus the Hawks. Now, the winner out of this plays Eagles. Um, I think a lot of people, if you had to ask them who they'd prefer to play, would probably prefer to play the Hawks. Yeah, we play a similar game plan to them, um, and I think we could beat them over here. Melbourne has come over and beaten us, but JK didn't play. And Jack Darlin was knocked out. So you basically got two guys that didn't play playing against him. So either way, I don't mind who we play. I, I, look, I don't, I, look, I'd like to play the Hawks because my offside at work's a Hawks um, uh, member and he can get me some tickets to the game next week if we, he gets in. But uh, look, I think Melbourne will be too good for the Hawks myself. I don't think... Amira's out too Amira's now. out. Yeah. And I was saying somebody from Melbourne was out today. I can't remember who it was. Uh, it's on... Oh. There was no one major for them. Oh, well, mate, it couldn't have been because I was saying something on SEN that there could be a, a change there. But yeah, Amir is probably a, a big, uh, big out. Yeah, I, that's a massive out. It puts a lot of pressure on Tom Mitchell now. Mm. If he gets tagged, which he, he'll get tagged in that game, uh, that puts a lot of pressure on their midfield. I want to talk about Wiedemann. Mm. Now, the last three weeks has been great, don't get me wrong, and he's mm. filled in the void that Hogan's left, and he was voted the best on the ground yeah. from the coaches I can't if he has another blinder the Melbourne are laughing but I, for Melbourne to win other players have to step up yeah. compared to the guys that stepped up last week um, and it just young guys like that 
you know, it's hard for him to stand up week after week after week, especially coming from the VFL, coming in there. I'm not knocking him. I hope he does step up. But if they can quell, say, him, um, a couple of their playmakers, Hawthorne, there's something about Hawthorne. They didn't play too good against Richmond in the second half, but the first half was good. So, yeah. um, Well, you look at Bruce, Burgoyne. They all uh, had off games. They all had off games. I can't see them having a Sicily. lot. Against Sic- yeah, Sicily was his first game back. They reckon DeRay uh, will come in for the halfback role. Yeah. That's uh, yes. I mean, Ben Stratton's a massive loss yeah, for he's me. A massive, yeah, I mean, he's been a brilliant another player. guy that should have been, been all Australian, but yeah, <laughs> you know. And he that, look, that's a, that's going to be a huge Perth loss boy for him. too. Yeah, it's going to be a huge loss for him. But in saying that, they brought Sean Makers back in. They bought so it's a bit of height there for the back line and the forward line. Yeah. Um, uh, they bought Mirror back in. They bought Mirror, didn't he? Yeah, he's yep. back in, and also. Um, so he's a like for like for Stratton. He yeah, plays exactly yeah. like Stratton. So and Dur- the other one you just mentioned, Duray. Duray they, they, so those three have come in. So, so Duray yeah, adds a bit more power in the yep. in the midfields there as well. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting game, and I'm going to tip Melbourne, um, but you can't write off one off. No, they're, they're no. the team that probably could turn around and beat Melbourne. I agree. Uh, look to me, if Melbourne bring the same pressure as they did last week yeah. in Geelong. I can't see them getting beaten, to be honest. I think well, a bit. Oscar, look, they need McDonald to fire up in the forward line as well, yep. as you like you say. It needs to take the pressure yeah, off McDonald Weedeman. Yep, McDonald Weedeman. If you take these two scoring opportunities, somebody else has got to score the goals. Petrucca probably didn't have the best game last week. Did a bit of fumbling and all that, but yeah, he's a class act. Um, It'll be interesting how he reacts because he got an absolute pasting from uh, Lloydie on the weekend on during the week in one of the footy shows, uh, being a bit too Hollywood about everything. Oh, uh, so he really uh, and Lloyd really slipped into him about it and they showed all the highlights and he was spot on what he was saying too so yeah. so I'd be interested to see how he reacts from that um, let's go to the next game the Pies versus the Giants well no one likes Magpies and well that I know anyway so I think everyone would go to the Giants yes yeah, so I just can't see the Giants beating the Pies no, look, I think it'll go on form during the year the Pies didn't make the top four for no reason and I think they'll be much better at the MCG and I think they'll. I think they'll be. Look, Giants had a great game last week. Again, they got three or four guys who came back for their first game, and I think that could be a telling factor during the week too. But I'd love to see the Giants win. Mm. It'd be great to get into another prelim. That would be the third in a row. But it'll be the crowd factor, like us. Even though there was quite a lot of Collingwood fans at the uh, Optus Stadium, the Pies. It's going to be eighty thousand. Oh, there'll be eighty thousand. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and. It'd be interesting as Sheed's really stirred the pot during oh, the week too. So that, that was brilliant. Was that? that was fantastic. Yeah, like yeah. So it'll be interesting what happens there. But I, look, I think you've got to go on the pies there. You know they've been good all year, so I think they're going to be hard to beat. I reckon they should play that before the game. Yeah, that Sheed. Yes. That was just brilliant. Yeah. Just, for him to come out and do that, that's just Sheedy all yeah. over. Yeah. Um, people that know that listen to this podcast and on the Next Generation page. I look, I've got the Kevin Sheedy book up there. Yeah. He's one of my favourites. And, yeah, for a guy to come out and just say that, yeah, know, that was just brilliant. Yeah, I, I thought it was priceless, what he was saying. And apparently he was saying it to Ruzi the week before. He was using it on Ruzi, saying Ruzi's only had uh, two hours of uh, happiness and that's enough. And, <laughs> and he's just a cracker. Yeah. If you want somebody to market a game and, you know, he's getting behind Greater Western Sydney because the fairest and best medal's named after him and why not. And if you are... A neutral supporter, get behind the Giants, yeah, and let's hope they win. He was a foundation coach there too, so yeah, you know, yeah. like, just can't see them winning. No, I can't either. But you know, they'll put up a good show. But yeah, 
They haven't got a good record there either. The, the so Giants. let's do a Ford cast from here. Melbourne or Hawks, we both beat Melbourne, so they come to play the Eagles. And the Pies or Giants, both going to go Pies, so they'll go play Richmond. Now that's going to be a cracker game. That'll be like another grand final just in itself. Yeah. Um, there'd probably be a big sellout. <laughs> oh, without that, be the, unbelievable. That, there'll, there'll be ninety. The AFL will be. They'll be just licking their lips at that, yep. and they'll be licking their lips at our game too, because you know again they're going to get sixty thousand yep. people guaranteed. Yeah. Um, whether the scalpers win or not, but they're going to have guaranteed sales there. And then I, look, I, I I think they're hoping for a Melbourne Richmond grand final. That that's what they want. Yeah, well, that's what they'd be. That, that's they'd what be hoping they, that. Yeah, but I'd sure. laugh, laugh my head off if it's a Giants Eagles grand final. That'll really that'll well, that, that's what put a cat amongst saying. the pigeons. That's what they're going to be saying. Oh, Eagles got no hope. You know, Melbourne will win, and the press on Melbourne going. No, Eagles got no hope getting there. They've got no gaff. They've got no Shepherd. They've got no nicknap. But we're still in the prelim. Mm. Yes, know? and only got to win that. And then when they get there, oh well, they they don't deserve it. Well, how did they get there? You know, yeah. It's like open up your friggin' eyes. Um, I'm hoping that we get there and just shove it right up. I look. I think um, I, I I can see us beating both either of those teams at home next week. Yeah, I, I do. Really can. I, I, that's why I don't care who we play. Um, easier win would be against Hawthorne. Mm. Um, we have to fight a bit, bit more against Melbourne, but I still think we can beat both. And surprisingly, I still think we can win the grand final. I I, the, I think we're the team. People will give us no hope to get to the grand final. They're going to give us no hope to win yeah, the bloody thing. Yeah. And I can't see us having another shocker like we did in 2015. No. Tigers have been up for a long time. A yeah. long time. And so, they've got to come down sometime. That's but right. We'll see what happens. Yeah. Let's get past next week first. and then we'll... That's it. We don't want to get ahead of ourselves like yeah. Eddie Maguire. Yes. Um, let's see who wins this game. And then we'll talk about it more in depth next week. Um Dan might be back. We might be at Dan's house. Uh, I don't know what day it's going to be on. Uh, Wayne will probably be with us as well because I've got to go in hospital next week. So we'll work out how it goes and how I'm feeling. Um, it's bad timing, but that's that's life. Um, if you're an Eagles fan, again, I'll just let you know. Go to Facebook and go on Eagle Air on Facebook. Or you can go to the Next Generation Discussion page and look for the link. Uh, just type Eagle Air in there and it'll come up. There's a link to go there. And put your name down for a reserved seat on a chartered flight. It only holds 100, so you got to get in quick. Otherwise, you're going to have to be looking at their air tickets on the uh, Sky Scanner or whatever you want to call them, sites on yep. um, there. Um, but let's not get ahead of ourselves. The lid's still on a little bit, but next week I think it'll be off. Going to rip that lid off. <laughs> Without a doubt, the stadium's going to be the stadium will bring us home next week. <laughs> yep. Um, so anyway, guys, thanks for joining for the game uh, show tonight. Um, next week, we'll let you know on social media, on Instagram, on Twitter, um, and Facebook when we're going to be doing the next show. But uh, spread the word, and to those guys in America, thanks. And there's some listeners over in Amsterdam, which is pretty cool. All oh, right. So they're probably sitting in the cafe. Have a few bickies, special bickies over there. And they're going, listen to these uh, yeah. fools. Yeah. But anyway, thanks again, Wayne, for coming on the no, show. Thanks, Wazza. Thanks for having it's me, mate. Good on you. Been great for you to come on, and see you next week. And go Eagles. Go Eagles.
Nelson. Beautifully read by Shepard. 